Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good morning to those of you in the building and to those of you at home. Uh, I'll let you into a little secret. When my wife and I are watching at home, at this point we press the pause button and we go and get the coffee and then we come back and then we put the sermon on again. So if you're at home and you want to do that, you're quite welcome. This morning I'm going to look at the title given uh, to the Messiah by Isaiah, the title Prince of Peace. I'm going to say what the phrase meant to Isaiah, how it applies to Jesus, and how we can apply the idea ourselves. I'd like to begin by taking you to Bethlehem, not to where Jesus was born, but to the university a mile or so away. Some years ago, I uh, went to the university there <clears throat> and uh, almost got lost. I got into a taxi and I said in my best Arabic to the driver, Algermi, I'm in Fadlak. And so he took me to the university, but he took me to some back entrance um, and it was actually difficult to find the person I wanted to see. The person I wanted to see was a guy called Professor Sami Adwan, who's a professor of education at the university there. I'd been told that he developed a program for developing peace education in Israel and Palestine. And so I arranged to meet him, and he'd agreed. He told me how young children, young students in Israel and Palestine know very little about one another. How can you build peace, he said, between two sets of people when the people don't know anything about one another. You create peace not by signing bits of paper, but by actually having people on the ground, making peace between themselves. So he and the number of Israeli educators had developed a school textbook, and the idea was that the school textbook would tell the history of the Jewish people and the Palestinian people side by side. And the book would be used, the same book would be used in Israeli schools and in Arabic schools, Palestinian schools. So the book was bilingual, Hebrew and Palestinian. Their hope was that the textbook would advance peace between Israelis and Palestinians. He was very excited about the project. A few years later, I went back to visit him again. You see on your television screen there with Ruth Walker and two members of the Jewish community um, and Sami is the guy in the middle. That's Sami Adwan. We went to meet him and on that occasion when we were talking to him he said to me, one of my Israeli co-authors has died. He died of cancer. And he said, I've decided as a result that I'm going to dedicate the rest of my academic life to promoting uh, the idea of education about the other in schools in both Israel and Palestine. The book was trialled in a school in Israel. The kids loved it and they said, we don't actually agree with what, some of what we read, but we think we need to read this and know about it. But unfortunately, 
the Israeli education department said, no, we're not having this in Israeli schools, and so they stopped using it. It was also trialled in two Palestinian schools, and you can guess what happened. Because the Israelis had stopped using it, the Palestinian Authority said, OK, well, you can't use it either. So the trial was abandoned. Recent research shows that Jewish school students in Israel have very little idea of what it's like to be a Palestinian and how Palestinians see things. They taught about the establishment of the state of Israel and how Palestinians were displaced. But they don't have much idea of what it looks like for Palestinians to live now. They don't know how they see things and they don't know how they feel. They don't know that many of them are living in refugee camps. They don't know that farmland can be taken from them at a moment's notice if a settler turns up nearby. They don't realise how difficult it is for them to travel around through checkpoints. They don't realise that some Palestinians have to get up at three or four in the morning in order to go through a checkpoint to get to work. They don't know how Palestinians can be attacked by Palestinian teenagers, uh, sorry, Israeli teenagers who are settlers. And for their part, Palestinian students, well, they don't know much about Jewish history and they don't know much about the Jewish religion and they don't know how, they don't understand how the Jews see Israel as their homeland. They have no idea of the Holocaust and they don't know that the Jews too feel an oppressed people. When they look at maps in textbooks, Israel often isn't there. It's assumed the whole thing is Palestine. They're taught that violence is probably the only solution to the conflict. Let's now leave the university and walk down to Manger Square. And you can go to the Church of the Nativity. Some of us in St George's here have been to the Church of the Nativity. You go in the church, you go down into the basement, and you end up in a little area where there's what you might call a grotto, and you're supposed to be at the site where Jesus was born, in Bethlehem. And in the grotto there's a star, which is supposed to be the point where the star pointed to Jesus born in Bethlehem. I must admit, when I'm leading pilgrimages, I don't say, Jesus was born here. I say, well, probably somewhere around here. We can't be certain for, for absolute that Jesus was born there at that particular point. So it's in Bethlehem that Jesus was born sometime between 4 and 6 BC. 740 years earlier, Isaiah looked forward to a child who would be born and would have the title Prince of Peace. It's quite possible that he thought that child would be born relatively soon. 
He wasn't looking forward 700 years. But the king or Messiah that he was looking for didn't come soon, and so the idea developed that the Messiah was someone who would come in the future. And we know that Messiah. He was the king who was born as a baby in the manger. Why the title Prince of Peace? Well, Isaiah was probably thinking of war and conflict, or an absence of war and conflict. During the time he prophesied, there was lots of rumours of war. Were the Assyrians going to attack them? Many of the Jews were afraid. They thought the Jews, that the Assyrians might be invading them. We're lucky. We don't have that threat at the moment. I know we have the coronavirus, but imagine what it was like in World War II for our parents and grandparents. For four years or more, expecting bombs to fall, people to die, houses to come crashing down. We don't have that. But that's what it was like for the Jews in Israel. Well, imagine what it's like today for the people in Ukraine. You've got something like 70,000 Russian troops on the border. And it's suspected that Russia is going to try to invade. You live in a constant state of worry. Well, this is what it was like for the Jews in the time of Isaiah. And so Isaiah looked forward to the time when there would be real peace. And there would be a Messiah who would bring that peace. Zechariah was another Jewish prophet. He spoke to God's word after the Jews had returned from exile. And like Isaiah, he too looked forward to a coming Messiah who would proclaim peace to the nations. Did Jesus proclaim peace? Well, in his Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are the peacemakers. In Jesus' day, there was a group known as Zealots. They were a bit like a, a terrorist group. And they went round killing Romans, and they would also kill Jews who were um, helping the Romans or allied to the Romans. They would kill anyone who was seen as friendly to Rome. Jesus says, no, that's not my way. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's why when he came into Jerusalem at Easter, he rode in on a donkey. If he'd come in on a horse, that's a sign of war or conflict. Coming on a donkey, it's a sign of peace. Let's then go back to the manger in Bethlehem. How does Isaiah's prophecy of the Prince of Peace apply to Jesus? He's a Prince of Peace because he enabled us to have peace with God. In the manger at Bethlehem, God became a human. The theological word we use is incarnation. God became flesh. He became one of us. And it was because he incarnated himself as a baby, as a human being, in the manger in Bethlehem, that he enabled us to have peace with God. He healed the relationship between us and God that had been damaged 
by us, always wanting to do our own thing and go our own way. Secondly, he's the Prince of Peace because he rejects violence. Look at Jesus' with the, look at Jesus dealings with people in the Gospels. When do you see him being violent against people? Never. When do you see him speaking violently against people? Never. Yes, he upturned the tables in the temple. That was because he was very angry. But he didn't hurt people. Now, I wonder whether you can see a link between Jesus' birth in the manger and Sami Agwan's work at the university just up the hill. Let's walk back up the hill to the university. What did Sami Adwan propose? He proposed that Palestinian children should be able to see things as Jewish children saw them. And he proposed that, that Jewish children should see things as Palestinian children saw them. And how would they do that? By putting themselves, quite simply, into the shoes of other people. Or we might use the phrase, incarnating themselves in the other. Peace is often developed by incarnating ourselves in others who may be seen as the enemy. That's the pattern Jesus set when he was born in Bethlehem. There are many types of conflict. There's conflict between countries. There's conflict in families. There's conflict over Brexit. There's still conflict over the Northern Ireland Protocol. There can be conflict at work. Bosses don't always appreciate what the workers are going through or how they perceive things. Similarly, people who are working can't always understand how the bosses are thinking. During Advent, we look forward to the birth of the Prince of Peace, God who incarnated himself as a baby in a manger. Peace through incarnation. As Christians, we should be mirroring that movement in situations where we find we're involved, where there's conflict. Might be at home, might be at work, might be elsewhere. Understanding what it means to be the other person putting ourselves in their shoes. And if we follow Jesus' teaching about peacemakers, then we should be encouraging others to do the same. So let's reflect for a moment on different types of conflict between countries, between groups of people, between individuals. I wonder whether God is calling some of us to be a peacemaker, either by incarnating ourselves in the shoes of another or to encourage others to do the same. Lord God, we thank and praise you for the incarnation of your Son in Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem. May we follow the example of the Prince of Peace Show us how we can follow your pattern of peacemaking. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.